Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. It is a Tuesday. That means Sportsnet Spec Mark Spectre for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women that work in the Alberta horse racing and breeding industry. We will tell you that you can uh, reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 7804960063. I believe our text line for Ashley Fine Floors is down. A um, couple have filtered in, but uh, this one comes to us from Terry. He says, Bob, regarding uh, James Neal, if you put Neal with uh, McDavid, uh, he's going to uh, get scoring op- opportunities and probably be the most likely winger to capitalize. Any other winger outside of Yamamoto there isn't going to capitalize as much, just my opinion. So that is one of the uh, perspectives that is out there right now. We re-engage Mark Spector at this time. Mark, we are talking a bit about where to play, guys, in and out uh, the lineup. Uh, we've talked about Nugent Hopkins, and we both concur that we think the most likely scenario is that he will start with Connor McDavid. I think that James Neal uh, will be a little bit further down uh, to start out of the gate. What do the Oilers do with, like, I'm just looking on right wing. So if we got Cassian in the top six, Yamamoto with Drysaddle on that second line, Archibald's going to play. He's their best penalty killing forward. He's going to yep. play may, maybe with Turris and Ennis as an example, or or maybe Archibald, maybe it's Poliarvi with, uh, so where does Poliarvi and where does Chason end up playing on the right? Because I think we'll, we concede Cassian's going to play, Yamamoto's going to play, and Archibald's going to play. Is it possible one of Chason or Poliarvi's not in? And I, I mean, do you bring Poliarvi? back over here and he doesn't play? I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, Poyarvi's going to play. Uh, you know, they, he may take, if, if things aren't going great, he may need a night off here and there, but he's one of my, certainly your top four going in the season. Uh, the guy that's sort of on the outs is, is Chase on here, and uh, I don't think by anything he's done. I thought he was he was one of the better players in the playoffs. He's shown a versat- uh, versatility, like he can he can jump in and play the front of the be the net front uh, presence on a power play. He can jump up and play right wing with McDavid and produce points as he did when he first came here. So you know, there's, I think the the right wing on this club is is going to be a bit of a platoon job here. 
And that's probably good. Cassian's not going to be able to float through three games in a row and get nothing done and hold on to that job. And nor should he. Archibald showed he could play with McDavid. Chase on could play with McDavid. Uh, you know, if Pogliarvi really plays and comes here and really has something going, you can reward him with a couple of games next to McDavid. So they've got depth, Bob, and depth means, you know, depth's a good thing unless you're the guy that uh, finds himself on the fifth line, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's funny about Cassian, and this is back to kind of what we discussed on Friday's show, Spec. This is the problem with gauging a four-game series. There's Zach Cassian would be the first to tell you he did not impact that series the way he needed to. But I don't think we should sit there and say, well, he's a crappy playoff performer. Because against San Jose in 2016-17 in Game 2 and Game 3, he, along with Cam Talbot, were the two best Oilers uh, in that, you know, in those in those two games. Like, Cassian gave gave the Oilers something. He was a, there was a physical impetus from him. I, I think he's a guy more than anybody that maybe missed the fans. You know what I mean? Like, he's a guy that gets pumped up and jacked up to play. And, and then they play Chicago and... Mark, it's not like Chicago came in and played, uh, you know, no country for old men hockey where both teams are beating the hell out of each other on the ice and finishing every check. It's like Chicago came in and played a soft puck possession game, and they were just deeper at forward than Edmonton. Nobody was burying each other with hits, and so it didn't really, like if the Oilers had played Calgary or Vancouver, it would have been way more physical, and Cassian would have been, you know, he would have been far more engaged in the battle. So how do we, how do you sort of look at Zach, who had 15 even strength goals last year, uh, has relevance against a Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, and Van, you know, how, how do you sort of uh, weigh, you know, his performance in the, this past playoff as opposed to the one from four years ago? Well, first of all, Bob. The impetus is on Cassian to bring his game. Fair I comment. Think that, Fair I think comment. That Chicago was unarmed for a full-on Zach Cassian assault. Had Zach Cassian played the kind of game, we know he can play. He showed all of us, the coaches, media, fans, what an impact he can make in the playoffs. Had he brought that game, Chicago was un- unequipped to handle him. Uh, so it's it's not we're not blaming fans or Chicago or anything. I'm blaming Zach Cassian for not playing well enough in the playoffs. Full stop. Okay, full stop. I did now, say I did say he'd be the first to tell you that he didn't get yeah, it done. Wasn't good the, enough, right? So so since he set his own standard of what he can do, we all know what he how he can play. So my point would be, Bob, the Oilers are deeper at right wing this year. If if he got the whole, I don't remember how the lines went at the end. I believe he was still playing on the top line at the end of that series. Uh, with more depth, I think he gets about a game and a half playing the way he played against Chicago, and he falls out of that job and someone else takes it. Right? Yeah, it's, it is interesting. If you recall, Mark, he got the contract extension, then he got suspended. Remember, he flicked his boot up at the, the Tampa Bay Light. I think it was the yep. uh, uh, what's his face, the guy that played in Erie uh, with Connor for a year. That was in the LA organization. Anyways, he flicked the boot up. He got suspended for like eight, six or eight games. He yeah, was, that was yeah. he was yeah. never really the same after, right? And he again, he'd be the first to tell you he's got to impact the game. And what you're saying is there's way more options here he better be because one of my i'll be i'll be honest like chase on has scored 33 goals in the last two years in edmonton that is a decent amount of goals okay i'm not sold he can play on a shift by shift basis with connor 
Like Cassian skates better, he could do that. I know Yamamoto yep. could do that. I wouldn't give Paul Yarvey that opportunity out of the gate. I'd actually, and we're going to talk again about Paul Yarvey for the 8,439th time. For me, I want to see Paul Yarvey play in the third line with Turris and just be there for 15 or 20 games before he starts, you know, moves up as an example, right? Like just invest that time in him. But uh, it's an interesting one with Zach for me and an interesting one for Chason, frankly. Well, listen, I think Cassian's the best package. On a line, on a line where where Connor McDavid has a legit left winger, a legit top six player on his left wing. So let's say it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, now I'm fine with the guy on the right wing, you know, who's who we would, you know, say, well, he's sometimes a depth guy. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is Cassian in my books is not an everyday, all day long top six player at this point in his career. But I think he's a really good fit because he can skate with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. He can make room in front of the net. He's got good hands. He can trade pucks with McDavid. We've seen that. So he's he's the best guy for that job. I don't. And plus, he protects them. And it's always good to have a guy with two skill players like McDavid and Drysa, uh, McDavid and R and H. Uh, a guy like Cassian protects him. I love that if I'm building a team. But I'm just saying to you that he's got to be Zach Cassian and he's got to play that game that we respect of Zach Cassian. And if that if the Oilers aren't getting that game out of him because they've got depth now, he, the, the rope is shorter, the leash is shorter. He's got to bring it, bring it faster, or someone else is going to do it for him. And that's that's what you call having a good deep team, Bob. You know what's interesting is the game Edmonton blew Calgary out in. Uh... I'm just thinking, was was Neil out at that point? I think he was. He got hurt in the game in Edmonton. But James Neal, prior to that, when, were you in the Toronto trip last year? Were you in the uh, Boston, yeah. Toronto? Okay. You recall what happened in the first shift of that game with uh, John Tavares right in front of the Leafs bench? Oh, no. That was James Neal buried. He buried John Tavares like he was he, because Neil was playing with Cassian and McDavid and he got a piece of him and he buried him and the turnaround look on the face was just like and Neil's like what and Neil also got a piece of Tom Wilson right Wilson was running around when Washington was in Edmonton and Neil hunted him down and got a, there was just some gamesmanship with him and the gamesmanship is more effective when he's got an unpredictable guy like Cassian on the other side. So yep, that's, you that's know, and, and then that allows you to have new, it's just, it's food. Like I, I like the movable parts. To me, it's almost like the fantasy football guys out there that hate teams that don't use running backs in every down, right? And don't like they, they bring in a, 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 a receiving back on third down, and so they don't get as many touches as they would if the guy's a de facto number one who carries the ball 16 to 22 times a game. Like, I see a lot of flex in terms of what uh, Dave Tippett might do. Agree or disagree with uh, Popoli Let's 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 put him aside, Turris, a veteran player. Take the pressure off him. Give him bottom six matchups at five on five with forward units. Bottom pairing matchups with defense. What do you think? Well, you can have a project on your roster, and I think it's fair to label Pulleyarvi as a project. You know, what you can't have is four projects, right? Uh, when I say project, I say this is a guy you're going to play every night, even when he's not playing very well. Sure, the time might come. You go, hey, take a night off. We're playing three and four. We're going to give you a night off. But generally speaking, Dave Tippett's going to play Pulleyarvi every night next season. He's going to play him in my 
thinking next to Tourists, uh, as long as he can hold the job and he plays reasonably well. Uh, but he's a project, so there's going to be some tough nights. There's going to be some mistakes. This kid's got to learn how to play the game here because he never did figure it out when he left. So it's fine, Bob, in this whole mix of guys we're talking about to have one Jesse Pugliarvi. What doesn't work is when you got three of them. You know, you can't have three guys trying to figure out how to be NHL players if you think you're going to be any good. So I'm fine with the Oilers situation. They got veteran guys like Ennis and Archibald and, uh, you know, to, to fill in. Kara's been around for a while now. Chason's a veteran. Neil's a veteran. They got moving parts that have done it all and they know what to do. They can put them in different places. I like all that. And you really only have the one young guy who's still trying to figure this thing out. In Pugliarvi, and that's fine. The other, the rest of the team can carry the kid along for a while, and if he learns it, might turn out to be one of the better players they have, right? Mark, are we headed down a path, given the amount of options that Edmonton has at forward, where we could see a forward contract move for a team that's maybe got an extra defenseman? And well, certainly, you know, the, the, I'm not talking the, about a. Obviously, I'm not talking about a top four defenseman. I'm talking about no. a third pairing, a third pairing yep, guy. guy. Are, yeah, are, right. are we headed down that path, maybe? Well, maybe I think I think that that you know let's let's see how the injury situation works out. Let's see how many games they're cramming into this schedule. You know, I I mean I'm still hearing and talking about a 56 game schedule. Maybe it's down to 48. You know how many how many off days? How are we doing this thing? Are we starting in bubbles? What are we doing? So I like I like where Ken Holland's at. He's got too many guys right now. He's got too many guys. That's a better problem than in. Remember the year McTavish showed up and said, "I've got one NHL center," or I should say, uh, Dallas Aiken showed up, so they got one NHL center. <laughs> he didn't have right. enough guys, you know. Uh, Dave Tippett's got too many guys. I'm not saying they're the best team in the league or anything, but they're better than they were last year. Uh, they're deeper, certainly up front, and I, I don't mind this situation. Sure, you got to make a trade, you make a trade, but it's better than going into the season saying, "Man, we got to find some guys," because it's awfully hard to find them once the season starts. Mark, there's a guy we haven't mentioned at all that can skate, that's played pretty well recently of late in Sweden, and that's Joe Kim Nygaard. And he had an injury played year last year, but I, I'm going to circle back to the fact that he's fast and he can skate and he's actually uh, playing. Uh, is is yeah, he a guy that's good? Too lately, huh? Yeah, he's got seven in his last seven games. Um, is he a guy that's got an outside chance to to, to work himself into the mix here? Yeah, for sure. Any guy that can skate like that gets gets a look and gets a chance, right? Uh, he's he's got to stay healthy. You know, he never he couldn't stay healthy last year, and I think the team moved on a little bit because he was just hurt all the time. Uh, as a as a mid, I'm not saying he's an older European. He's a how old is Joachim Nygaard now? I think he's 27. He might be 28. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say late 20s. Uh, that player traditionally, Bob, he better hurry up and get a foothold in this league. You know, he better figure it out. Like he, a, he wasn't healthy. B, he had a, his speed gave him a lot of, wrote a lot of uh, checks that his uh, hands couldn't cash. Right, got himself a lot of scoring chances that never went in. So I like the player. I like his skills. I like his speed. But uh, the clock's ticking. This is his season. If he doesn't get established this year, he turns into that Ilya Biakin who just goes back to the old country. And we say, yeah, remember that guy? <laughs> I think that's who uh, Joachim Nygaard is at this point. We will mention that uh, his – oh, wait a sec here. 
Uh, yeah, his his team is playing today, Farstead. He's not in the lineup. Uh, I'm wondering whether or not he's on his way back over here. Uh, that could well be. Well, be the case. Mark, as always, uh, we got to we got to get to a little bit more business here. We'll look forward to hooking up on Friday. Thank you for your time. All right, Bobby, nice talking to you. You bet. That is Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. The seven thousand men and women employed in the horse racing industry. This is Oilers now. When we come back, uh, we're going to get to the Oilers prospect report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers and trivia. Hmm, how tough of a trivia question should I come up with today? Uh, yeah, I got one for you. The guy was pretty good. Uh, we'll get to some uh, trivia as well for our friends at Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. All that coming up in the uh, next six minutes or so of the show. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. Thanks a lot, Oscar. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you into the Oilers Now Prospect Report. For James H. Brown, injury lawyers, Trent Brown, all-star safety for the then-known as the Edmonton Eskimos, the EE football team. Of course, one of the greatest athletes ever to be produced by the University of Alberta. And uh, Jim Brown, who uh, has been involved with the Edmonton Oil Kings for a number of years. James H. Brown. You can visit them at jameshbrown.com. They want you to stay safe and stay positive. And with the prospect report, here's Brendan Escott. All right. Ryan McLeod scoring for Zug in the NL over in Switzerland. That's five points in his last four games. Total of 10 in 13 this season. Theodore Lindstrom quietly producing in the SHL. He's got three points in his last three for Frölunda. Eight points in 18 total games now. Philip Berglund held pointless in his last four, but playing well over 20 minutes per night for uh, Lynn Copen. Philip Kemp uh, in his last five games, or he has five games under his belt now in the Allsvenskin. One assist to his credit there. Uh, you mentioned Joachim Nygaard's playing today. So is Carter Savoy. Denver is taking on Western Michigan, I think, right after the show concludes here. So we'll see if he can continue that hot start for the Pioneers. Yeah, he uh, he didn't score in his last game, so he was only rated uh, an A minus prospect after being rated an A prospect for the first five games that he played. I'm just kidding. Uh, it just shows you uh, the passion that they have, the fans for the Oilers prospects. Let's get to it. Here we go. How tough should I make this guy? Ah, it's an easy question. We have Dylan Holloway coming up at 135 today. Uh, he'll be our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Stay safe on the job while saving time and money with the all-new blended learning courses from Touchback Safety. Discover your safety training solutions today at touchbacksafety.com. Dylan Holloway at 135. As we go into Oilers Now trivia for Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, Eat, Drink, and Play. Uh, Brendan Escott, what are we playing for? $50 gaming credit to Greta for those big arcade games. All right. This, this has to be one of the easiest questions. We're, we're, we're going to do. Dylan Holloway plays at Wisconsin. What former NHL, uh, pretty good player, and former NHL head coach is the current head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin, for years, was named Playboy's number one party school in the United States. So just as a total side. Uh, we do have uh, Dylan Holloway and Drew Ravenda. Again, uh, our Oilers Now trivia question today, who is Dylan Holloway coached by? at Wisconsin, 780-496-0063. Want to tell you, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. 
But outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. And Brent Ridgeford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. They've got great people, great service. They're open and transparent. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. You can tell them. Oilers now sent you. So, uh, and you know what? They got a, they got a, they even got a couple Flames fans at Brent Ridge, which we won't, uh, hold against them. Very intrigued to see the responses that we got over the course of yesterday when I put out, uh, the projected, what I thought could be the projected line combinations for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I, and again, I think we're going to see McDavid start with RNH and Cassian. I think Cahoon will start with Drysaddle and Yamamoto. Turris with Innes and Poliarvi. Keitan Haas with Neil and Archibald. Uh, Chase on chomping at the bit on the right side. Nygaard chomping on the bit at the left side. And Kara chomping at the bit at center. Patrick Russell in the mix as well. So, uh, the owners will have some options and it would not surprise me if at some point, a little bit of forward depth potentially gets moved for a little bit of uh, defense depth. That said, theoretically, especially since the AHL season doesn't start till February the 5th, at least we think in around the 4th or the 5th, and maybe the NHL starts as early as the 13th. Not sure COVID's going to let that happen, but we'll see. Uh, could have a taxi squad as well that might involve guys like Evan Bouchard or theoretically a William Lagason as an example on defense. 127 in Edmonton will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back at about 132, 133 with Dylan Holloway. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.